Grammy winner and Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Mike Love grew up under the Southern California sun where he soaked up a life of music, surf, sand, and sport. Good vibrations, fun, fun, fun. I get around surfing safari, help me round to California girls, and countless hits have entertained us for 60 years. They are performing here in Illinois up in Rockford at the Coronado Performing Arts Center next Friday, August 12th. Here is the legendary Mike Love. Hey, Dave. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the program. Absolutely. Oh, man, I'm thrilled to be talking to you. I am a huge, huge fan. And what always intrigues me about you guys is there is a love for the Beach Boys music that has been unmatched and has crossed three to four generations. Well, you're quite right about that. And, and three to four oceans, too. You know, when we're at barbecues at, at my folks, my dad's playing the Beach Boys in the summer in the, in the backyard. I listen to it. I play it in the car. My 10-year-old knows all your songs. That's what I'm saying. It just crosses so many generations. People love your music. I have a 20-year-old daughter, Dave, that would before she could speak, she would toddle up to the record player and go, ba, ba, ba. She wanted to hear Barbara Ann. <laughs> That's <which> awesome. <laughs> also came out 50, 50 years ago. Barbara Ann went to, uh, became a huge hit record for wow. us. Wow along with the Pet Sounds album, which came out in 66. So this 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 year is a, cent- what is it? It's a golden anniversary of a lot of great stuff from the Beach Boys. Absolutely. What are the early origins of the Beach Boys? You and the Wilson Boys were, you know, were cousins, and you, you hung out a lot as kids, and you sang together. A tremendous amount. Actually, every every holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, any any. Any birthday or anything, it always music was the central focus of, of, of any celebration that we would have as a family. And uh, when my mother came to California along with her siblings, she they were so poor. They came from Dust Bowl conditions in Kansas. My father's side came from, from rural Louisiana, um, at least my grandfather loved it. And these people, they didn't have any money, but they... they they had music, uh, especially the Wilson side of the family. My mom sang on the radio in the, in the 1930s. Mm. Um, <laughs> wow. It was a big deal. So so music wasn't because we never went into music thinking we'd become famous or, or you know, make any money at it. We just love creating those harmonies together. And that's those harmonies are what distinguishes the Beach Boys from so many other groups. And, you- and it's because of the love of the music, nothing else. Well, you did this for family fun. It was really family mm-hmm. get-together. So what, where did the idea come about that, hey, let's actually formalize this, let's let's create a band? How did that come about? Well, my cousin Dennis and I would go fishing off the Redondo, break, Redondo Beach breakwater, and uh, we would talk, and, and we, were t- we started talking about surfing, which I... I I'd go with my high school friends if the if the surf was up we'd miss a few afternoon classes to be honest and we'd drive down to the beach and have a great time um and so surfing was preceded the beach boys you know it was our high school experience growing up in southern california and that gave rise that whole environment you know just living a few miles away from the beach gave rise to the idea of doing a song about surfing because there's this whole cult around surfing the way you dress the way you some of the words you would use and and uh just your attitude in life and stuff uh, it was it was all like a little mini subculture mm-hmm. there in southern california so we we decided to make up a song about it and that was our first record called surfing our second one was surfing safari third one was surfing usa so <laughs> each year yeah 
1961, two and three, each year the, the, the whole phenomenon grew and very quickly in the early to mid 60s, um, the Beach Boys became world renowned. Well, and you were the Pendletones at first. And I have yeah. to because because you kind of cr- you created this music. So, you know, who were your influences? Because, you know, usually, you know, rockers will, will go back to blues and jazz. So forth, but you created this style of music. So who did you who did you look up to? Well, primarily, I think Chuck Berry, for me, was the biggest influence in terms of songwriting. Uh, but the but the Everly Brothers are a huge influence because of their beautiful blend. Sure, right. And the f- the four freshmen were an amazing group of singers and performers um, back in the fifties. Uh, <clears throat> they 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 influenced us because there's very sophisticated close four part harmonies. And so if you put those influences all together, along with doo wop, you know, with the high parts and the low parts and the neat stories. Those were the major influences, I would say, um, you know, other than growing up and doing, you know, church youth nights and, and sure. sing-alongs and stuff like that. So the, those were the major influences, Chuck Berry, the Everly Brothers, the Four Freshmen, and, and Doo-Wop itself. So you create the song Surfin' and Candix Records, which was an independent label, released the song, but now under the Beach Boys. So how did you go for the Pendletones to the Beach Boys? Uh, a fellow named Russ Regan, who was a record promotion man at the time and eventually became the head of a couple of big major record companies, he actually is the one who named us that. Uh, Pendleton Mills made these kind of woolen shirts that were plaid that, that you would wear over your T-shirt when you're at the beach to keep warm. So the surfers all wore the Pendle- Pendleton shirts, Pendleton uh, Mills. Mm-hmm. So we we call ourselves the Pendletones. You know, but but that didn't stick because when when we heard surfing by the Beach Boys, we said, "Well, that's better than what we got." <laughs> so so we, yeah. we eagerly adopted the, the the term the Beach Boys, and it, and it made sense because you know we, we're all from that Southern California environment. Dennis Wilson and I and Al Jardine, we all had our surfboards and. And, uh, you know, were we good surfers? Uh, that's debatable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but but we, we were part of that, that, that culture, you know, part of that Southern California culture. And, and uh, you know, it, it became the very cornerstone of our, of our success. In the very beginning, how did you all decide who was going to do what exactly with the band? I would sit down and write music with my cousin Brian. So we would, he would sit at the piano I would stand beside him, beside him with a, 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 a notebook or some paper, and uh, we would we would figure out the songs. He he would come up with the chord progressions primarily. I would come up with the lyrics and the concepts. So because I was sitting there right with with him writing the songs, it fell to me a lot of songs to sing the lead. So whether it be Surfing Safari or Surfing USA or California Girls or I Get Around or Fun Fun Fun, any of those songs. I would sing the lead because we were writing them together. Mm-hmm. So he would be banging them out. I'd be singing along, and I'd be coming up with the words or the or the hooks, like round, round, get around, I get around. I came up with that. It, it you know he. Yeah. So so because he and I wrote them together, it's, it it fell to me to sing the lead on many of them. Of course, on the ballads, he would take the high part. Sure. I would take the low part, and Carl and and Alan would be in between on something like in my room or surfer girl or or that kind of thing and you know 
you're you're performing again family functions you're now recording music do you remember that first time you hit the stage that you know you were a paid performer like on a big act was that was that in 1961 when was that new year's eve december 31st 1961 new year's eve we were on a show at the at long beach municipal auditorium a richie Valens memorial dance and show and on the show was i Turner and the Kings of Rhythm. The, uh, wow. Tina Turner was an iquette. She, they blew my mind. The, what a groove they they got into. And there are other acts on the sh- on the show, such as the Rivingtons, who had a song called "Papa Umau Mau," which we yeah. actually covered. We recorded it on our live album a couple years later. But yeah, that was the first time that I mean, we did three songs. We got paid three hundred bucks. And I thought, hey, this is pretty good. Sixty dollars for five of us. Right? <laughs> wow, sixty bucks for three songs. That's pretty good. And so nowadays we look up back on it, and 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 it's and it's hilarious, you know. But but at that point in time, we were nervous. We 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 had, we weren't sophisticated. We hadn't been on stage that many times. Maybe at a high school, you know, assembly or something. Sure. Or, but but yeah, that was the first time that I remember. Um, being on a show, and that's the the night I made the decision. Well, I'm not going to be nervous anymore because that's just you know affecting me. So I'm just going to go out and do the best I can. That's going to have to be good enough for for 55 years almost exactly. You released the second single, Surfing Safari, back with 409, and soon thereafter you signed with Capitol Records, and uh, Surfing USA came out. Was that the song, Surfing USA, that really got you national attention? Was that the big one? Yeah, it was. It showed up in the charts in Israel, South Africa, wow. uh, you know, Australia, Philippines, you know, all over Scandinavia. But it turns out, surfing is very close to serpent, which means drinking. So it was a drinking <laughs> safari or drinking USA. People love that, I'm sure. <laughs> to, to some people, yeah. I mean, uh, it was, so it worked. <laughs> That's awesome. Now I know. I know the the Beatles were on the Sullivan Show in '64, also on Capitol Records. It doesn't seem like they really made a big impact at all on what you guys were doing here, because the hits just kept coming. Well, th- it was an impact because they were so tremendously popular, and it was like an explosion of popularity. Uh, but right, like I was saying earlier, that you know, in 1966, we had good vibrations. We were voted the number one group in Great Britain. So even at the height of Beatlemania sure, and yeah. stuff, uh, the Beach Boys did, uh, you know, uh, I mean, you know, we were, we were awed by their success and their creativity as they were ours. You know, I mean, the Pet Sounds album really blew a couple of minds. And, you know, John Lennon and, and, and Paul McCartney, they, they listened to it. And Paul said, oh, my, oh, my, what are we, dear me, what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So they got busy yeah. with uh, Sergeant Peppers. and. And in the Rolling Stone magazine, they had a coffee table of, of the, what the top 500 albums of all times or something. And number one is uh, uh, Sergeant Pepper's, and number two is Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds, yeah, exactly. So, so I demand a recount. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, then you know, I get around. Came a fun, fun, fun was the other one. And I know you've I've, I've heard you quoted as saying this that you might have sang fun, fun, fun now for like the six thousandth time. Probably close to it. I mean, we've right? done uh, at least five and a half thousand shows over the last fifty-five years, so it's very likely that we have done it because that was, you know, one of the earlier big singles. And, and we close our show with it. And I like to leave the people leaving them think the concerts thinking fun, fun, fun. They had fun, fun, fun when they came to see them. So, 
Absolutely. To me, that's that's pretty pretty important. That's the whole idea about our show is to create some positivity. And uh, sure, we have some melancholy stuff, like if we'll sing the warmth of the sun or in my room. But but you know, there's some upbeat, real fun songs. You know, help me, Rhonda. I get around. Fun, fun, fun. Surfing USA. All those. Oh, they're all upbeat. You can't help yeah, but feel good when you listen to the music. And that's the idea, because I've always called what we do a sonic oasis. There's a lot of problems in the world, a lot of problems in personal lives. And, and you know, and, and for a period of time to either play a song, play an album, or come to a concert, um, you know, we we don't avoid emotion, that's for sure, because we, we've all experienced it and we put it into our songs. Uh, God only knows, and, you know, that kind of thing. But... But but I think the music should be to uplift and entertain and 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 bring happiness. That's my you know I like to accentuate the positive, even if something isn't fantastic. Yeah, uh, uh, you can usually find something good about uh, about whether whether it was you know falling out of love with somebody or somebody doesn't love you anymore. At least you had felt that feeling at one time. So there's a whole range of emotions that Beach Boys music touches upon, and I think it's. We've gotten nothing but great positive feedback with, over the years from so many, you know, thousands sure. of people. Absolutely. Well, even California Girls that came out, you know, the song was included in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame songs that shaped rock and roll. I mean, in, in so many of your songs are noted in the history from, you know, Rolling Stone magazine and, and all these that it just has the, the most incredible impact on music in general. Yeah, I know. We're very blessed that, that a family hobby become a yeah. profession and a long-lasting one at that. Yeah, yeah. 1966, though, that's 50 years ago, and what a, what a year. Barb ran in the early part of the year, big hit. Yeah. Pet Sounds released, you know, Good Vibrations uh, in the fall. I mean, that's quite a year. You did so many live yeah. albums, too. You did the first live album ever to hit number one. In 1970, you, you, <laughs> you guys signed a contract with Reprise, released a double album, The Beach Boys in Concert, that went gold. Your live albums were, were huge. Well, you know what it is? The the Beach Boys live. I mean, uh, that's where it's at. I mean, yeah. records are great and radio's great and having your songs and, and soundtracks is wonderful. Um, and it's all good. But the, the experience of a live concert where the music is being performed by the group that, that was involved in making it, and and the energy between the audience and the um, and the performers is is amazing. I find that you know multiple generations. I mean, grandfathers, grandmothers, and their their, their children, their children's children. They'll they'll all come out to a show and they'll all enjoy the same music together as a family. To me, that's a that's miraculous. It doesn't always happen like that mm-hmm. because the kids will have that's their true. heroes and the and the parents will have theirs and the grandparents will have theirs, but. We find that the Beach Boys, multiple generations, will will come to our shows and have a great time together. And throughout your career, you've 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 co-authored you know more than a dozen top ten singles, cementing the Beach Boys legacy alongside the Beatles and Michael Jackson as the only artist to have produced twelve top ten singles within five years. You amassed thirty five top forty tunes. Eight of your first ten albums landed among the top ten, still performing over 150 sold-out shows a year all over the world. It's American music history made right here, and the story continues. And that is the legendary Mike Love.